Hello, hello, and thank you for joining me today. A major question many people wonder about is how common anxiety is in our kiddos and teens. Now we know anxiety is one of the most common mental health concerns for all people, whether children, teens, and adults. And there's definitely been major increases over the past decade. It's only spiked and gotten worse since COVID, obviously. There's been so much going on. Estimates are now like 50% of our kiddos are gonna have a mental health illness within their childhood. The largest of that being anxiety. And even before COVID, kids have been in the thick of this anxiety epidemic. It's one of the leading reasons for kiddos to have to go to the emergency room for, you know, any emergency room visits or hospitalizations. And although anxiety is so treatable, the majority of kids unfortunately go without any help or they're not getting the, the help that they need. And so they continue to suffer from anxiety long into adulthood. And we know the longer they are managing anxiety, that can turn into depression. We can see self-harming behaviors and even suicide. And we're seeing far more of this, specifically depression and self-harm and suicide with our Gen Zs than any other generation. So our kids nowadays, they're incredibly stressed, far more than any other generation has ever seen. And now we've got the COVID to add to that. And I do want to address the question, you know, if anxiety is such a problem and it's completely debilitating our kids, why aren't they getting the support that they need? Well, there's lots of reasons why. And that's really what I wanted to get into today a little bit, just to make sure that we're not missing these kiddos. A major reason, of course, is because there's a lack of understanding or there's a misunderstanding of what anxiety is and what it looks like and what's going on for our kiddos. So although there's some families who know, I, I hear mom saying the minute they were born, I knew my kiddo was anxious. They were just an anxious baby. They were overly sensitive. Even though, you know, there are some of those, a lot of kids, unfortunately, they go undetected for way too long. Sometimes anxious kids are just really quiet and they're well-behaved. It's because they're really struggling inside and they just sit quietly and they're really good at masking that anxiety and they tend to go unnoticed by adults. Or there's others who don't know how to handle that anxiety and they're so disruptive. It comes out in acting out sort of behaviors. That also masks anxiety, but now they're being labeled as maybe being defiant and oppositional, or maybe they've got attention deficits, right? So that they're, they're being labeled, mislabeled for other things. Both scenarios result in those kiddos failing to get the help that they need specifically to address their anxiety. And even when they are detected, more than half of those anxious kids still don't get any treatment at all, even once we identify that this is anxiety. Part of the problem is when adults, even professionals, believe that the kids are going to outgrow it. And so we might have a sensitive baby who then shows some separation anxiety and that kind of continues into school and parents are just told they're gonna outgrow it, gonna outgrow it, gonna outgrow it. Guess what? Kids do not outgrow anxiety. Anxiety will not go away on its own. Anxiety actually gets worse over time, not better. And unfortunately, when we wait, it gets harder as they get older. And it's really hard for teens because they are extremely susceptible for developing anxiety disorders anyways, even if they weren't anxious kids, just everything that's going on in their brain, that's a whole other episode of what's going on in the teenage brain, but they're more susceptible to that anxiety. And then as they get older, that anxiety can really become ingrained. We start creating these automatic responses that become ingrained. They don't receive the support that they need. Not that they can't change it, but it's definitely a lot harder the older that they get. 
sometimes parents believe that they can support their kiddo on their own, or they take their kiddo to a general practitioner who doesn't specialize specifically in anxiety. And there's so many out there who says, I work with anxiety and depression and this and that and stress and blah, blah, blah. And they're just seeing all of these different people. They're general practitioners. And when they don't understand anxiety, it's really easy to inadvertently reinforce anxiety, make that anxiety worse. And I see so many parents and professionals make so many mistakes when we're trying to support those anxious kids that they are making that anxiety worse. Even professionals, I see it all the time, which is part of the reason why I wanted to do this digging deep into practice so we can start avoiding some of these mistakes. And sometimes kiddos themselves recognize that they're struggling. Maybe they can't name the anxiety, but they know that they're stressed out. They know that they're feeling overwhelmed, but very few will actually ask for help. And if they do ask for help and research supports this and shows that when they don't have the right professional, most of these kids feel misunderstood. So most of the kids anyways feel misunderstood. So they're just not feeling heard. And that's reinforcing the idea that adults just don't understand me, even a professional who's supposed to understand me. And these kids are just feeling helpless at the end of the day. There's nobody who can help me. I'm always going to be like this. And so a lot of kids and youth, they hesitate to share how they're feeling with any adults, whether they worry that they're not going to be taken seriously. Sometimes adults are just trying to jump in to try to fix things and aren't really helping at all. Or maybe they're lecturing or punishing. You know, I see this all the time where kiddos are getting stressed out with school and then their parents are taking their phones away, for example. And now all of a sudden they're offline. And again, that's a whole other issue because you know, for us adults who are digital immigrants, we can remember a life without technology. And so we're like, it's not a big deal for you to not have it. It's probably a really good idea for you not to have your phone. But for our kiddos, they were born into this technology. And while it's no big issue to us, no issue is big enough for them to risk being disconnected. So we're inadvertently adding to a lot of their stresses. And even when kids do get so emotionally distressed and we recognize it and, and now we're going to get in and get them some support and maybe they're even starting to think about suicide. I mean, this is something that I see all the time where kids are starting to think suicide, but they're not feeling like adults are actually understanding them and they're regretting ever telling anybody that, that, that this is what they were feeling like because the adults aren't understanding their difficulties and they're telling them it's not a big deal. You don't need to worry about it. Why are you getting so stressed out all the time? Right. And they're not taking their problems seriously enough. And I even have had teens, even in my own practice, where they've talked about how their parents laughed at them or told them they were just attention seeking to get their own way or even being blamed for trying to ruin the parents' lives. That's really hard when these kids are struggling, right, to hear these kinds of messages. And some adults, for whatever reason, they just might be uncomfortable and they just don't know how to talk about, you know, thoughts of suicide or all of these worries. And they try to dismiss all of these things. And unfortunately, that's just reinforcing that anxiety and it's reinforcing any stories that those kiddos have that they aren't loved, that what they have to say isn't important enough or their voice or their emotional experience is wrong or isn't valid. It's so horrible to see these things. Conversely, on the other side, there's some adults and again, professionals who take everything far too seriously. And so they swoop in and they try to save the child and they're making a big deal and, a, and the child's just embarrassed and, you know, doesn't want to, and I say child, but this is, includes the teens as well. They, they just, again, regret that they ever said anything and they're still feeling that they weren't understood. 
a lots of professionals are overly clinical and they're robotic and they seem to just recite these strategies out of books without really connecting with, you know, the kiddos and the teens. And I've actually had some of my teens mostly who've come to me and say that they've worked with another psychologist who had this book and they were working on this sort of step-by-step process, trying to work through anxiety. And even though there were some things that really didn't seem like it had any relevance to the teenager, the psychologist is like, no, we have to go through the step-by-step. It's really important that we do this. It's really unbelievable. So by the time they get to the stuff that might be relevant, that might be actually helpful, you know, the kids are just like, what is this? Nobody's listening to me. They've just got this cookie cutter approach that it's it's just not working. They might not think about it as a cookie cutter approach, but it's just not working. That's what they know, right? Or it's too childish or whatever it is. So we kind of remember these kids are so unique in how they experience anxiety and they have their own individualized needs. They need to have their own individualized approach. And with all of these cookie cutter manualized programs out there for anxiety, it's no wonder that our kids aren't feeling like they're getting the help that they need. Kids also tend to avoid professionals for fear of being diagnosed, fear of the stigma that comes around with that, or they just feeling like, you know, I've got no control over the matter, no say in the situation. There's just no autonomy, which is kind of part of what anxiety is, that they don't feel like they can handle things in their life. So all this to say, even though anxiety is on the rise and it's affecting so many of our kiddos and and our teens, there is a silver lining. Anxiety is the most treatable disorder out there. And when you really understand the nature of anxiety and when you have the right tools to help kids tame those anxiety gremlins, we can prevent anxiety, we can treat anxiety, we can empower these kiddos, we can help them feel like they're understood and what their experiences are, you know, those are just as important. I think all of those things are, are just so important to think about. And that's essentially where we want to get to where they feel like they have control, they feel like they're being heard, that what they have to say is valid, that they do have big stressors, And that, you know, we can start taking them seriously. That's the first step, really, is when we understand what anxiety is and how can we connect with our kiddos to help them. So it's a lot to think about. I really wanted just to focus on highlighting how big anxiety is for our kiddos, which has only gotten so much worse with COVID and everything going on in the world. And the fact that they're not getting the help they need. If they are getting help, it's not the help they need. And so we really need to reach out and make sure we are addressing our kids' needs and understanding when anxiety is showing up because some of our kids kids aren't even getting noticed and, and they're really struggling. So they're resilient on the one hand, but on the other hand, we need to help them. Thank you for joining me today.